Awakens Path Radio, giving you the tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. I'm your host, Dr. Candace Nadine Green. Welcome to Thought Thursdays here on Awakened Path Radio. As always, you can check out everything Awakened Path by visiting www.awakenedpathonline.com. Again, that's www.awakenedpathonline.com. Today, we welcome back Catherine McIntyre, who is an indie author, and she has a late, her latest book is The Thorough Whisperer. Welcome back to our show today, Catherine. Thanks, Reverend Candace. I appreciate having me back. Well, it's my pleasure. So why don't you tell us, um, you had a ghostly experience in Maine? Could you, I sh- did. you share that with us? It's very interesting. Yeah, it, it, actually, it, it, was, it became more interesting when... Um, when it ended up being in a book about the ghostly hauntings of Maine, but oh, wow. um, but the short uh, short version is, I had gone <clears throat> up to Maine to uh, Booth Bay Harbor with my boyfriend at the time, and we were staying at the old inn there, which was at the time Captain Sawyer's inn. Hmm. And I had ahead of time, I had scheduled us to go on a ghost tour, and it turned out that the lady who hosted the ghost tour that night was married to Greg Latimer, who's an author of. Uh, you know, Ghosts of the Booth Bay Region is the name of the book that he did that had my story in it. But making a long story short, we went on the ghost tour, met her, talked to her. We had a good time. And uh, in during the tour, um, they brought us back around to Captain Sawyer's Inn, and she began to describe the hauntings at the inn, which involved the innkeeper's wife, et cetera. And so um, when we got back to the inn that night, my boyfriend and I, we were sitting out on the porch and I said to him, you know, I'm going to just talk to my guides here and see what they'll tell me about the inn. Because I hadn't, I mean, I had sensed a bit of a, you know, presence there, but I didn't, mm. wasn't getting a lot of information. Well, I said, I, I told him I was going to do that. We went inside and I almost immediately began to connect to images of what excuse me what had occurred there and what what the hauntings were about and I was getting very specific information and you know telling it to him he was a bit of a skeptic and you know I was just kind of um, impressed with what I was getting and the next day I talked to the innkeeper and I got a little bit of confirmation there I later went on and um, did a little research myself to confirm some of the names I had gotten and a little bit of the storyline I wrote about it on my website and then Greg Latimer, the author, he had gotten on my website and read it. And then he began to pursue research to see if he could get confirmation through the family there that was descended from the family who had owned the inn. And in fact, he was able to confirm much of what I had received. So he then wrote about it in his book. So it was quite an interesting experience for me because this wasn't so much a a seeing ghosts or, you know, one-on-one. It was that the information I was receiving about, you know, sort of about the story of the inn was coming Mm. from, you know, my guides. And these are the guides that I connect to and that um, I connected to to write this book. So 
Um, it's just very interesting, but I call them my spirit posse. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I always refer to them as my spirit posse, very and that nice. includes Thoreau and also uh, Brad Dean, who is my mentor and who I write about in the book. So anyhow, so that was pretty much what happened in Maine, and it was quite um, interesting because um, one of the key things I had gotten was um, that a baby had died and had oh. died quite uh, suddenly. And I kept saying to him, you know, I don't know if this is crib death or, you know, like a sudden, you know, mm. what had happened. And it turned out it was quite a tragic situation um, that had occurred where a mother tried to silence her baby because the Indians were around and they were in danger and mm. uh, ended up smothering the baby. So mm -hmm. it was just such an awful situation. But that was what, what I was picking up on and didn't quite understand. So wow. anyhow, that's my story. Wow. So also yeah. in your book, you talk about um, a uh, reading you had um, 20 years before you channeled Thor what 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 was that about uh, you know that was so interesting for me because you know when I, I I moved out here from Michigan in 1984 when I say out here I moved to Massachusetts and this area and I moved in 84 I think by the time I was 12 and growing up in Michigan I was telling my mother that I was going to move to Boston and and you know, she didn't quite understand why, but it was just so determined. Like I know that's where I was going to end up living was in this area. And so I came out in 84. I had been working in Lansing at the time for an oncologist, so a cancer doctor. So I had witnessed the deaths of many patients, you know, over the period of years that I worked there. And a lot of them I had seen after, you know, they would come back, you know, I would pick up on them after I would, you know, know they had passed, whatever. Um, but this is, I'm really young and at that point, just kind of feeling my way through what's real, what isn't, what am I, you know, able to do. Anyhow, so I come out here and one of the um, first things I did, I signed up for a past life regression course at, in Cambridge Ed in Harvard Square. And the man who was teaching it um, was living out in a house near Walden Pond. And he, um, he said that he would give private readings. So I signed up. So I ended up out there sitting with him in the backyard of a house that was just a short distance from Walton Pond. And he is um, giving me a reading. And this is like happening back in 1984. So this had happened long ago. So to over 20 years ago when, from when I started to connect to Thoreau. And, um, and I had forgotten about this reading that I'd had I mean, pretty much forgotten, but I, you know, as I write about in the book, I keep tapes of, of all the, psychic readings and things. I always had them taped. I have had tapes laying around. And mm -hmm. and uh, and sometime in the midst of the channeling, I got like this little reminder, like, you know, thinking about that reading I had had. And I thought, oh my gosh, what did I, you know, I must have the tape of that. I got to find it. And so I dug around, found the tape and I played it. And this is, again, this is like, it had happened in 84. And now we're in like 2007. And I'm playing this tape back. And I realized in that reading, he actually says to me, there are spirits in this area around this area that want to communicate to you. And one in particular that wants to work through you. And I was, you know, I at the time had thought, oh, those spirits from Michigan, all those dead people, you know, that I had worked for. I, I was doing insurance so. Uh, helping them with their insurance, medical insurance matters and that at that office. That was my job there. And so I had a, a bit of a relationship with some of these people as they had 
crossed over. And uh, as I said, I had had communications with some of them after. And then I get out to Massachusetts and I'm like, oh, you know, they must have followed me. You know, like, <laughs> and I've done enough. You know, I don't I don't want to deal with them. So I just kind of dismissed it all and walked away. Well, you know, 23 years later, I find myself going, oh, my gosh, you know, that was Thoreau. Even wow. back in 84, trying to talk to me, you know, to trying to say, okay. we're going to do this thing. And, you know, I write about that in the believing chapter of the book. And then this is sort of the, some, some of the process that I had to go through to really understand that what I was experiencing was real. You know, this, this was really happening and it was meant to happen. And that's one of the reasons why I was so strong about I'm moving to Boston. Now, you know. some people may not understand channeling. Okay. I mean, some of our listeners who may be new to channeling. And mm -hmm. so how, for our listeners, how, can you explain, how do you distinguish between your thoughts and uh, the information that you're getting from spirit? That's well, a tough question. Sorry about that. That is kind of a hard question. Um, it, you know, for me, that was sort of a learning process as well. But, and, and I, I talk about in the book, a lot of, it, of my story in the book is just me coming to terms with this and, and how to do that, how to distinguish. Mm. Um, at times, it's so distinctly different that I have no question about it. Like, I, I've never had that thought before. I've never, you know, like, where is this stuff coming from? Well, right. you know, it's coming from spirit. Um, with me, I, I try to distinguish in the book or talk about a little bit, like, um, my prior understanding of like what channeling would be, would be a traditional channeling would be almost like I stepped out and he stepped in kind of thing. Right, yeah. And that never occurred. That wasn't what this was. This was more like an automatic writing, mm -hmm. but it was, um, it was this ability that I had to connect to this, just sort of the stream of words and ideas and, and images that would just come to me and it would just be arriving in my head coming from a separate place it was just so unusual um but you know when you talk to someone in a conversation they're giving you their stuff and you're picking it up immediately but you know it's not your stuff it's as you're thinking about you know uh, purple elephants because they just talked to you about that or something you know it's like you've never had that thought before and then all of a sudden you're having it because right. someone just said it to you it was like that, you know, it was like all of a sudden I'm having images and I'm having this, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I never had that before. Right. And, and then tapping into that stream of, of language and, and that, which I would transcribe and it would just, you know, be scooting across the computer screen. Wow. Which was another interesting thing because one of the first things when I had the first reading with Barbara at uh, Angelica of the Angels in Salem, she actually drew a computer monitor and she said to me, you know, the, when this happens, these words are just going to be flying across the screen. Oh my goodness. And, and they were, you know, I would, I, it ended up that I would do this at my computer. I would tune in and close my eyes and I would just type what was coming. And the, yeah, the words were just flying. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's a, like automatic writing on the computer. I mean, usually when you yeah. think of automatic writing, it's a print person with a paper and a pen. So yeah. it's it's very interesting that, you know, as, as our technology advances, our spirit communication, yeah. uh, they utilize the tools that we have available, which is very, yeah. very interesting. 
And he, he says to me at one point that uh, he says, you know, there may be others that say they talk to me and they may, in, in fact, they may because I, I've attempted to talk to others. Mm. But he says none of them have transcribed the way you do with your ability to you know, like type so on great. this machine, you know, which is I thought, well, that's about right, you know, because. Right. Um, yeah, it really did uh, speed things up. But also, I'd been, um, you know, supporting myself for years and working in law firms. And part of the work I'd done is transcription, where you right. put a tape in a machine, you listen, you type. And this was very much like that kind of a process where I'm, I'm tuned in, I'm listening, and I'm just typing. But but there's no machine, there's no nothing in my ear. There's just the words coming. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So you're. I also read that you're a ghost investigator. So what's that like? Oh, no, I just, I say I'm an occasional ghost investigator. Ah. That's sort of like what I talked about, what happened in Maine, where, you know, right. every now and then I'll go, okay, let's look into this. Let's see what I can get on this. And, mm. um, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by, by that subject and, oh, yeah. and that. But, you know, I, I try to approach it from a, you know, let's see if we can help this situation, mm. you know, yeah. in terms of a haunting. Right. Like, let's see if we can help this person, you know, crossover. Um, in my first book, In Honor and Concord, I, I talk about when I first moved into the house there in, in Concord that I called it Quiet House because it was, you know, it's an old house with apartments mm -hmm. and the, the woman that owned it lived downstairs and she ran it like a, you know, okay, super quiet, no radios, no whatever, <laughs> oh you know, it's just like, a, you know, it's a very, um, I don't know, like a sorority house or something, but, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. Door, like run by this mother, <laughs> you know, this, this whole mother figure in the house. Yeah. But anyhow, but so I, I began to call it quiet house. But when I first moved in, uh, the apartment I moved into, the man who'd lived there previously had died. Oh, and I think my. he died in the apartment. And when I first moved in, I had a very clear sense of him there. Mm. So I went through um, my own attempts, you know, it's like, a, you know, helping to cross him over. And I, and I think it worked, you know, I, I mean, I think I, this, these are sort of, you know, I call myself a natural psychic, because, you know, I didn't go looking for this. I mean, this is just right. like something I was born with, mm -hmm. and that I really spent a lot of time kind of fighting off, you know, I didn't really want to deal with this. I just wanted a, you know, quote, normal life, whatever that might be. But yeah, what's but I didn't want to have to deal with this stuff every day. And so I'm not somebody that went, um, you know, I went to new age classes on things. I studied astrology. I dealt that, but I never wanted to go to psychic development classes because, well, you know, let's like keep this at a lull. You know, I don't really want to advance in this. I don't want to be a professional medium or anything, but, um, but so I, um, I just kind of, I kind of lost my train of thought there for a minute, but what was I saying? What was Oh, the ghost thing. So, yeah, so I just approach the stuff in the way that I understand it. So, mm -hmm. you know, it begins with like a conversation, but then ultimately, um, you know, doing the best I can to visualize mm -hmm. and and help that person to, you know, go essentially go toward the light or go into the light. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was successful there. And I've, I've done that in the, in the house I live in now. I did that when I first came in and that helped to clear the space a bit. But it's important to me in, in terms of that kind of ghost busting that it be for a higher purpose of, right. of helping, you know, that individuals that are stuck and not just for sheer entertainment or just to get scared. Yeah, as you say, I was going to say that, you know, that the, the uh, ghost 
quote unquote ghost shows that are on TV yeah. today. It's all, I mean, they're looking for, people go out looking for a scare. So yeah. for entertainment, instead of thinking, hey, these spirits may need some help crossing over. Yeah. They may yeah, be stuck and yeah. in need of help and not yeah. being showcased across um, the, the airwaves. Exactly. Yeah. These are real people. Right. These, these are, um, you know. And I bet they yeah. don't want, they wouldn't want to be showcased across the airways. They probably no, they, don't, they definitely help. don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, you know, at, at the old manse in, in Concord, the, mm-hmm. the house that's out by the North Bridge, um, mm-hmm. that house is very haunted. And mm-hmm. I've got uh, some things on my website as well about a ghost experience there. Mm-hmm. And I brought a, a friend that has a, you know, he's like a ghost investigator mm. kind of. Um, and I brought him and his group in and we um, went through the house. And there are a lot of a lot of spirits that are very tightly tied into that mm. place and they don't want to leave. Yeah. And um, and and so, you know, that that's one that it's really hard. But, you know, I try to be really respectful. But I remember during that the experiences I had there picking up a lot of real sort of anger um, mm. that we're invading their space that you know i mean these are they're they deserve respect i mean they're in they're in a spirit form but they you know they they deserve a little more respect than a lot of times they get and these right. busting shows and and, and yeah and a lot of them are angry because they don't know that they're not in their body anymore yeah and they yes. still want to try to go back to what they know their lives and then they see us yeah. coming in into their home and they're angry they're very yes. angry so they angry. do things to try to drive us away yes you know um that's what a lot of um you know i don't want to say insult anyone by saying amateur ghost hunters but a lot of the yeah. ghost hunting people are not respectful when they go in there uh, to to this to this person's home the the real actual yeah. people i mean they may not be among us living in the flesh anymore but they still have feelings as well because yeah. they are spirit and in, in essence we are spirit we're just spirit anyway occupying a body exactly. having a human experience exactly so, that's right. how I think about it. Is like, you know, we think we're somehow superior to them because we're in our, you know, we're in our bodies, but they're still, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's whole and intact as we are spiritually, right. hopefully. But they may be need now, a little push. But going going back to your book, what is one message that you think that um, Thoreau would like for us to take from your work? Take from what he has said. Well, I I think the fundamental message of Thoreau is, you know, look within, Mm. recognize yourself as spirit Mm. and understand the power that you have as an individual. Mm. When, when you are awake to spirit and you you see yourself in, in as, as an evolving spirit, then, you know, you're, you're less affected, Mm. you know, by, by the ramifications of day to day, I guess. And you're seeing a bigger picture, you're functioning from a bigger picture. And that means you're seeing everyone's bigger picture and the tie that we all have together. Mm. Now that changes everything to me, that changes everything. So just the fact that we live on, you know, you know, that you live on, this is, Oh, this isn't it. This, you know, little, you know, whatever the certain meager existence we're having at the moment, this isn't Mm. all there is. No, there's, this is not all there is. Um, 
So I think that's part of his message is just, you know, remind people to get back to that. And, you know, that was always his message in all the books he writes is, you know, he's always pointing people back to that truth. And, you know, because that really changes everything. And he's asking people to act from that place of awareness and Mm -hmm. conscience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he takes us back to words like, like conscience, like he he wants, um, in terms of, you know, government and that, you know, people think Thoreau was an anarchist and all that. And he says to me, why would I be an anarchist? Why why would I want that? He doesn't want that. He wants a a government of conscious people, Mm -hmm. of awakened, spiritually minded, conscious individuals. That's his dream. You know, and wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> wouldn't that totally be great? would. <laughs> wouldn't that change everything? I don't know where we get there, but it might yeah. be really nice I if I wake I up one day and would. see that. So. <laughs> but that would make all the difference. <laughs> you know, because essentially when you have that awakening, mm. then there's there's no more game playing. There's right. no more anything. You just speak the truth and you mm. act in truth. You You have, you know, your actions are our right action, he calls it. Mm. And, um, you know, so it's, yeah, that's, that's the big key. That's so it. I think that's yeah. a good message. Yeah. So, all right. What, is there anything else you liked? Any, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners and how might our listeners, um, get in touch with you to learn more about your work, et cetera? Well, they can go to my website, which is theconqueredwriter.com. And I started the website after I published the first book, which is Honor and Conquered, which is a long time ago now. But um, And I dedicated it to the words, wisdom, and enduring spirit of sorrow. So he is the conquered writer, not me. I go a little crazy when people call me the conquered writer. I'm like, whoa, no. Oh. You know, that's, that's Henry. Um so that's the, the website's there. They can reach me um, by email at uh, cmc at theconqueredwriter.com. Yes. And um, there's information on the website, on the books and that. And then also also there's an interview posted that I, I did a few months ago that I think has a lot of information that's helpful in terms of my experience in that. Well, everyone, I hope I... I hope everyone checks it out. It's really, I looked at it myself. It's a very good website. Lots of great information on it. And Catherine, it was such a pleasure having you back on the show. Thank you. You're welcome. And I encourage you to keep doing the great work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, welcome, Catherine. Okay. joining us on Awakened Path Radio. Please check us out at www.awakenedpathonline.com. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Nadine Green, and you are listening to Awakened Path Radio, giving you tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. Namaste and blessed day.